This is the Beyond Belief Sobriety Podcast, where we examine topics of interest to people who seek a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Today, I'm going to be speaking with John Huey. He's from Washington, D.C., um, Bethesda to be more exact, and he is uh, going to be uh, discussing with me the topic of uh, the fallacy of secular spirituality. Uh, John has been on a number of times, and his episodes you can look up here. They're they're pretty popular because he's got some interesting uh, thoughts about uh, secular recovery. So, John, welcome to Beyond Belief. It's good to have you again. Well, hello. It's good to see you again. And this uh, this topic is so dense that I'm shuffling my notes yet again. I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I've had to shuffle notes on this thing. But generally, uh, my stuff tends to be extemporaneous. So we will see yep. how this uh, how this all works out. Um, but uh, we and we've been kicking around, you know, topics uh, related to this for some time now. And, uh, you know, this is, in fact, though, I believe, distinct and separate from a lot of the things we've been discussing over the last year. I think so. I think this is the first time we've actually addressed spirituality head on. I mean, it's always yeah. been part of the overall yeah, it's, background it's, it's, noise. It's but part of the ether. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, we were talking a bit before, and I told you I made a big mistake this week. You know, I, I have to own up to my big mistake. <laughs> And my big mistake was going to a conventional meeting. Uh, an old friend of mine who uh, I've known for over 30 years had an anniversary, uh, and he was very sort of adamant that, well, not adamant, he was interested in me attending this meeting, and uh, we're good friends, and I agreed to do so, even though I told him I was sort of you know, you attending under false pretenses, no <laughs> yeah. longer being a part of that wonderful spiritual fellowship or whatever they call it. Uh, and it was, you know, it turned out to be a mistake. I mean, but I, I was good. I kept my mouth mostly shut. Uh, at one point when it was time for me to share, you know, I, uh, some of the people there knew me from before and they were all very curious as to what I'd been up to. And I gave him a little bit of information about what I've been doing and also the fact that I'm no longer attending those meetings. And the primary reason being that as an atheist, I felt I was being a hypocrite mm, going yeah, to those right. And it took me a long, long time just to finally fess up to that and take the appropriate action, which was never to attend one of those meetings. So I said never, but there I was at one of those meetings. But And, and they started up with their... Oh, my sponsor said this, or I was powerless over that, or you know, my you know, my higher power showed me the way to this, <laughs> and on and on and you know, and and that's a pretty liberal meeting, you know. They didn't bring, <laughs> break out the catechism, but it was like it was. I wasn't used to it. I mean, yeah. I was. I've been spoiled these last years, yeah, not having to listen to that stuff. And but a guy actually piped up after I had identified myself as an atheist. One of the newer attendees there who I didn't know piped up and uh, he started, you know, the kind of patronizing stuff you get in those pamphlets and books that they put out about how wonderful atheists can be. 
And he started talking about the great contributions that atheists have made to Alcoholics Anonymous. He started up, he didn't say Jimmy B or any of that stuff, but he was, he was headed down that road. And he said, yes, and it's proof positive that, athe- that being an atheist is no barrier to being a member of a spiritual program. Mm. Wow. That, that's what, that's an atheist. <laughs> that was the sum total of his knowledge of right. atheists right. and atheists who are around the program. That being an atheist is no barrier to spirituality. Now, I'm on the podcast with you and I can say what I really think, but I was being polite and there was an old. <laughs> you were being polite. <laughs> and yeah, I have fuck politeness right. here. I can say anything to you, but I uh, can get away with it yeah. uh, probably. Yeah. As long as I'm not pejorative or personal. You can pretty much say anything you want to. <laughs> no, 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 no. We get along just fine these days. Yeah. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that, uh, you know, I could feel the steam starting to come out the side of my ears. But the guy actually did me a favor, all right? Because that's what a lot of people or some people imply that they think who identify as members of a, a, of a secular program. I've heard it said, all right? That atheism is no barrier to a spiritual life. Well. You know, everybody plays the definition game, and I'm not going to go down that that road too far. But I've been doing a lot of my creative writing recently and publishing some stuff and getting a book ready to send out for publication again after doing a lot of work on it again. Uh, And one of my favorite books when I'm doing that sort of creative or literary work is because I believe in the English language. We share a common language, right, John? It's the... English language, okay, and it came from a place called England, right? Right. And the definitive document in the English language is something called the Oxford English Dictionary. And as an offshoot of that, Oxford publishes all kinds of language-related things, some technical, some more practical. And there are many catharsis out there of English, but the best one is the Oxford. All right. And that's the one I use when I'm <clears throat> stuck on a word and want a, another one. Uh, I go there. So, uh, you know, when this guy pushed me a little bit about, you know, uh, me being part of a spiritual program when I was actually in AA, I never considered myself as such uh, because I always thought of the word spiritual as what the word spiritual means. But I went back, I wanted to make sure that the, the synonyms hadn't changed in the last number of years. And sure enough, the synonyms have not changed, okay? And some of the synonyms, if I was doing a, a piece of writing and I was looking for a synonym, I was going to replace the word, I was going to replace the word spiritual with another word, it would direct me as follows uh, to, the, to these things. Uh, to say something about non-material inner, psychic, psychological, which isn't too bad, incorporeal, incorporeal, intangible, otherworldly, unworldly, ethereal, transcendent, mystic, mystical, metaphysical, okay? Now, I've used the word transcendent in poetic terms, all right? 
And I've used the word psychological. Those are two of the words that pop out. But I never get mistaken, right, in terms of defining anything to do with me, in terms of the ethereal, the mystical, the metaphysical, the non-material, the inner, the psychic. No. I'm surprised okay. they didn't say religious in there or having to do with religion. Well, it, it, that, it, it doesn't specifically reference that word, but it does talk about mystic, mystic mystical, metaphysical, which is sort of the opening for these folks that say that, you know, a spiritual program is not religious. Well, that could be, in some circles, I guess, literally so. Isn't it funny, though? You could say, but you know what? It is mystical but, and, and metaphysical and but, <laughs> intangible. But, but I'm not buying any of that stuff, all right? And I'm not going there with it. Now, why is that stuff there, all right? Um, I think it's a cover. I think it's a way of manipulating people and it's a way of indoctrinating people and bringing them along the path to a belief in God, right? If you can convince somebody that they're spiritual, then just a few short steps later, and Wilson even talks about that in some of his stuff, in a few short steps, you will come to the realization that there is this driving, motivating force beyond the realm of human knowledge and human experience that controls and directs everything. And then before you know it, you're in the old doctor, alcoholic, addict section of the big book, whatever they call it, something different now, that story, where nothing is accidental and everything in the world is part of God's plan. So if everything in the world is part of God's plan, then obviously those of us, God has anointed those of us who've been saved from alcoholism and condemned to the outer, outer darkness and damnation those who have failed and died. That's the implication of that. And even though the people in the program would deny that up and down, heads over tails. That's where I go with those kinds of concepts. Because looking at the words and the synonyms, that's where a lot of that stuff takes you. Yeah. I think it, I think, I think it is, um, I think, I think you've got it pretty right. I, I, you know, obviously it's, this started as a, as a religious, um, a religious organization. It started with Oxford Group, right? Uh, back in the 1930s, uh, they were they were uh, trying to recreate first uh, century Christianity, and they got sober uh, through um, Christian meetings. Uh, that's what. That's how this all came about. It was a religious. No, no human power could have right. It was religious, it, absolutely. Uh, the big book, w even with its contradictions, um, makes no bones about the fact that you are to find God, and God is the one who's going to save you. Could so, and would if he were sought. I yeah, mean, there you go. 
I mean, yeah, all, so there's all that. And then I but I think that the spirituality part of this thing, I I I think that I think that I don't I don't think it was necessarily meant to you know, everybody has their their own um motives, but I think it was meant to say, "Hey, um I know that you hear all this religious stuff, but don't worry about that. It's really not, it's really not a religion. You can have your own concept of God. It was trying to make it more open, but, but the forces of, um, of, of, of religion and the, and the believers, they, they are always going to try to bring you that direction. You can have your own concepts as long as they're grounded in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Yeah, people will always bring you back there. You're a member of a spiritual fellowship, which is this irrational connection that many people in our so-called secular community have to this AA thing. It gets tied into all of that. And that sense of unreality gets transmuted and transferred into something that I've even heard referred to as atheistic or atheist spirituality which is a complete non sequitur i know the- so here's where it gets tricky though because you've got um so, so i'm i'm pretty familiar with the secular the, the people who go to secularly formatted aa meetings i'm pretty familiar with the with this group of people i've done some surveys on them and the vast majority the majority self-identify as atheist no doubt about it now, according to the surveys that we've done, and, and they were surveys that were well-responded, they identify as atheists. However, at the same time, a good percentage of them, I'm not going to say it's the majority, but it might be pretty damn close, also find the um, that they want to work with an Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 steps have some meaning to them. So they don't, they don't, they don't find the conflict with the steps and being secular because they have found a way to make that work. And then you have another group, John, who are, who self-identify as atheists, but still have, and I'm not one of these, but think that spirituality is something that's important for them in their own personal lives. Well, and but they get the words and the terms conflated and mixed up. Uh, I'm going back to our last convention we had which is now receding into dim memory because of all the delays involving COVID. But at our convention in Toronto, I wasn't speaking, but one of my uh, friends was uh, speaking from the podium. And a guy got up. Well, there was a riot during one of those sessions. But this guy gets up. He didn't riot, but he started sort of a rant about how us materialist atheists were going to destroy poetry, art, literature, the human spirit, and the, you know, and the, glo- and, and the glory of being human, which is absolutely the opposite of the way I and a number of other atheists I know have spent their lives trying to figure out who is human, how, and why. I think I tried to figure that out in those 90 countries I was in over the years in my uh, career and the deep mystery of what what and who is, who is human never escapes me. But I I never ever viewed any of those experiences through a spiritual lens. 
So I, I remember those people and they were, they were crazy, but what's the harm with someone who identifies as an atheist and for them, they're not saying that you have to do it, but for them, they want to have a spiritual life along with their atheism. There, there's no harm in it whatsoever, but you have to understand what it is. If you really are an atheist, you either live in the land of dreams or you do not. I do not live, nor do I intend to ever live in the land of dreams. So I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you in the whole idea that I don't have any use for spirituality or spiritual concepts. I, it's, to me, it's, um, it does nothing but um, cause confusion. I, I, I don't, it, it, it's not clear. Well, and, concisely. and not only confusion, but it shifts the responsibility for your sobriety right. onto something or some other thing that isn't you. Right. But my, but my never... difference with you though, I think is that, so I say, yes, for me, I have nothing to do with that and someone else does. So my feeling is, so what? Oh, I don't care. My, my own personal feeling, if I want to be draconian about it, okay. is that if you want a spiritual program, there's a good, there's one out there that works for a lot of people and you should go there and stay there in that meeting like that, Dreadful, not dreadful, that somewhat, you know, uncharacteristic for me meeting. I attended this last week where I heard a lot of expressions and a lot of terms that I categorically reject and I'll never, you know, never accept. And there are a lot of people that do that. They, they consider themselves attending secular AA meetings. They are AA meetings that are secular. You know, this dear friend of mine that I went to the meeting, you know, he's a Roman Catholic and you know, a practicing one. And, you know, his brand of sobriety's kept him sober for 31 years. And I know his wonderful wife and I know his great kids. And he moved to California years ago and they used to host, I used to be in California a lot in years past, too much in that place. But, you know, I used to be there quite a bit and in LA and they were always, you know, just lovely, great friends, right? But we never agreed on any of this stuff. And, you know, I agreed that his wonderful meetings in California, right? He, although he's a good, he did draw the line at the Pacific group. I was very proud of him when he drew the line at the Clancy fanatics when he got introduced to them. But, you know, never the twain shall meet, you know? I'm not, I'm not doing that. I can have friends that do that. And I'll be happy to be friends with many of the wonderful people I met in the secular fellowship if they decide that they're most comfortable affiliating that way or being that way. That's their perfect right. But it's my right to try to look for and foster environments that take me away from the land of dreams toward the land of personal responsibility and freedom. If I don't take personal responsibility for my sobriety and my life, my intuition tells me I will be lost. In those years that I was out in the wilderness drinking, knowing that I had to stop the drinking anyway, which we discussed last time, uh, I refused to take real personal responsibility for who I was and what I was doing. 
I thought that knowledge would somehow lead me there. But knowledge didn't lead me there at all. It was when I got a full sense of my part in the whole enterprise and what I had to do about it. And shifting that to something or someone else leads you down the road of reading that big book, listening to those steps seriously, which I never have, never have done and never will do. Uh, looking for something called a sponsor that's going to direct your micromanage and direct your movements. And other things that could conceivably, in some alcoholic minds, take the responsibility away from you and shift it someplace else. And that's where I see a lot of the danger in this. Because, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people who identify as atheists go out and get drunk and not come back. I've seen that. I've been going to atheist agnostic meetings for many, since 88, for a long, long time. So obviously I've seen that. <clears throat> but I've seen the devout steppers and the devout big bookers and the devout believers in a higher power and a higher agency and a spiritual program go out and die too. I've seen it both ways. All right. And you know, it, 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 it boils down to this, to me in many instances, this shift away from me, my responsibility, my part, to something or someone else. And this whole sort of fantasy world, wish fulfillment environment uh, is just a cover, right? Now, I sincerely believe that the original founders of that program used it as a cover to try to induce conversion, real religious conversion into people. So in that sense, the word is synonymous with uh, religion and religious faith and, uh, you know, uh, going to church like a good little Protestant. Protestants only at first, of course. Well, they didn't bring those Catholics in until a little later. But, uh, you know, they, they devised something that was basically a ruse, in my opinion. And it's still used as such in many quarters. So uh, the good news is, is that the way in which our so-called or our secular brothers and sisters or sisters and brothers, I should say, have defined some of the spirituality is, you know, make, maybe makes them less inclined to go toward organized religion. But it does, in fact, engender fuzzy thinking and a lack of precision and a lack of knowledge and uh, a irrational rather than a rational view of the world. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess I can understand. Uh, well, first of all, you're never going to get a group of atheists to agree on anything, you know, other than they lack a belief in a deity. Other than that, they are all over the map politically in every other way. And the same is true with uh, people in a secularly formatted AA meeting. Um, they are going to have all kinds of different ways of understanding their 
recovery and describing it and explaining it to, to in meetings that will change and shift and evolve over time, I'm sure, individually. And I, I think I'm with you that, okay, fine, you know, those people, you know, I can't, you know, they, they can believe what they want. But is your, is your concern that is creating an overall environment that is problematic for someone who is new right. to I'm, sobriety? I'm concerned that there are possibly newcomers who are not as, you know, I, I was 38 years old and an atheist from age 12. You know, I, I didn't have any deprogramming in that point of view, to, from that point of view. Uh, many people arrive at atheism at a, or most people arrive at it in adulthood, even though I, I ri- arrived at it as a, a pre-adolescent. Uh, uh, so they have maybe other and different things to work through on the path to figuring out what they really do or don't believe. But then a newcomer in, in, encounters an environment most generally in a in conventional the conventional program, but then even in our environment, in the secularly formatted environment, where it could be construed as and could be implied that you must be quote unquote spiritual on some level to be both sober and human, right? Uh, that's where you either Love AA and AA unity, or you don't. And AA unity, quote unquote, to me, has always meant AA uniformity. Whether I'm right or not is something I'm sure there will be other opinions on that people will inevitably chime in on, right? But I've always seen this word unity as meaning uniformity of thought and action. And that gets transferred into the secular realm all the time. So, you know, this, this, this is interesting because I, I do see it's a problem if you have a large group of people within a meeting that's deemed secular who are talking about spirituality and praying or all that sort of stuff. And someone who is seeking a secular experience is in that room and they're not familiar with AA culture, they're not going to get a sense that that's, that's a secular meeting and they might not want to stick around. Um, there's I, a possibility of that, but, but, I, but, but I wonder how, how big of a issue that really is. I mean, I haven't been attending very many of these secular meetings online. I know from my own personal experience at my home group, it wasn't much of an issue. Most of us didn't have anything to do with the steps. Most of us were pretty open-minded and liberal with other people's views. So I don't know. I, I never had that sense that we were creating that environment. Uh, I'm, I'm not so much. I mean, I, the only, I go to two secular meetings, one online, uh, Mark's meeting out there in Texas, which is, uh, really a trip. And, uh, you know, the meeting I've been going through, going to all these years in Washington, and uh, I wouldn't be attending those meetings if that was a dominant, dominant strain. I see, I, I see other meetings advertised as secular that I would never go to because of the way they present themselves online 
and in ads and in the uh, Facebook posts of some of the members there and other things. I just I, I I wouldn't go there. I don't I wouldn't consider them to necessarily be secular. I consider them to maybe be a slightly watered down version of the same old religious claptrap that I ran away from all those years ago. So what is it? Okay. I just rebel against reinforcing the proposition that you are not the primary agent of your own sobriety. And I'm going to go back to that in this little thing we're doing today, probably more than once, because that's a lot of what it boils down to. If I hadn't have stepped up to that idea that I was the primary agent here, not you, not God, not a court, not my ex-wife, not my current wife, not my kids, not nobody. Of course, I didn't have my current wife and I didn't have my kids when I got sober. But, you know, there, there certainly was nobody out there keeping me sober. And no thing keeping thing keeping me sober, but me now. Don't you think that's the really predominant? Helped. Don't you think that's the predominant view already with within secular AA meetings? I I think that 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 that's a predominant view, but I would hate to think that a newcomer anywhere would be walking into one of our things thinking if let's say they had a mindset similar to my own, and they had categorically rejected all of this stuff that sounded like religion to them. And they came in and they heard this take on, oh, we've got these secular steps here for you that have been nicely reworded, but they get you to do the same thing. What is that thing? All right. Now, I think sometime in the future, probably in the not too far distant future, we'll go into that step thing at greater depth, which is something, of course, I think needs a thorough and complete uh, explication and understanding over and above some of the things I've said about it in the past. But the fact is, if we're just a slightly different proposition than the thing that the newcomer has run away from, that could be problematic, okay? Uh, many times in our and and believe me, there's never a uniformity of, of of thought and action in any meeting. You know, my you know, my favorite in my in-person meeting on Sundays, uh the We Agnostics DC meeting, uh there's a wide variety of views in there. I'm in the I'm still in the radical faction all these years later. I mean, we have some long-term members that go to conventional meetings and have a lot of things to say about the steps, but not in that meeting particularly, but say that those things are of, of value to them. And I, I don't, you know, attack them at the time saying, well, they can't be of value to you because, well, maybe they are. It's just don't tell me that they should be of value to me. Which, when they go to the unity thing and they go to the uniformity thing and they go to the spiritual Many times, yeah. you know, I've come to the conclusion 
and uh, some of my friends are too. And this has been a process for me, but I, I just kind of wish that we would um, drop the steps. I, I understand the, some value in having some sort of a process to follow and, and everything like that. But um, what it does, it just causes um, confusion and debates about language. And, you know, um, like you've written some really great articles about the process that you go through and you, you, you've written it in a completely secular way. And I read those articles and being a person from a culture, I can also look at what you've done and say, yes, I can see steps in that and so forth. Just throw the steps out, just throw them out and just speak in regular plain English language. And I think we'd be a lot better off. Well, you know, and, and let me loop back a little bit, okay? I don't think there's somebody in secular meetings or in general uh, plotting to get people to uh, convert to any particular way of thinking. But I do think there's a lot of fuzzy, erroneous thought patterns floating around out there that could indeed confuse a truly secular person into not really understanding where they are because secular meetings really help a lot of people. I hear it over and over and over again. It's your best bet if you are an agnostic or atheist, because, you know, this isn't just a problem um, isolated in AA, although AA is the big one, but the recovery community writ writ large has this problem of spirituality. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I belong to um, an organization that is um, uh, uh, of a peer support specialist in my state. And it is a completely secular way of, of looking at recovery and advocating for people in recovery. However, spirituality is a component in people's lives. So they, they wrap that up in, in a person's recovery if that's what that person wants. So, John, you can go to a smart recovery meeting, and even though you're not likely to hear spiritual language, someone's going to talk that way, you know? You can go to Life Ring, but it's all over. Um, the Even books that are written that have nothing to do with AA or the steps. Let's, let's say what we mean and mean what we say, like always, okay? And again, I'm only speaking for myself here. But do we really want to live in a land of wishes and dreams? Uh, It's just a short step from believing what you cannot see to believing what is not true. Now, we're not going to turn this into a political podcast, but it doesn't take a genius to see the connection between believing in what you cannot see as in charismatic evangelical Christianity, and believing what is not true, like vaccines are bad for you, for example, all right? Or masks don't cut down the transmission of coronavirus. They certainly don't eliminate it, but to some percentage, you know, whatever. So if you are going to, if you have a mindset where you start believing in things, You can't see. It's not a short journey between that and believing in things that are not true, like equating unity and all of this other stuff with 
your sobriety. I don't have to declare unity with anybody to stay sober, even though I have a, a, an affection for and an affiliation with places that I go to with regularity. I don't have to declare my fealty to them like you do when you join the armed services or become a federal judge, swear to a certain set of ironclad, pretty clear principles to be that thing or you're not. We don't do that in recovery. What we're basic, if we're signing up to or believing in anything, we're learning how to believe, in my opinion, when we really get down to it, we're learning how to believe in ourselves. And this word spirituality and those fuzzy things we talked about at the beginning connected to it disassociate me from me and would make me start believing in things that I absolutely know are false or not true. So do what, not exist. What, what can be done? What can be done to make all things- that can be is what we're doing right now. Just is talking just about to, it. Just to talk about it. And the people, I would sincerely hope that the spiritualists have already said, oh, I can't listen to this, this asshole and already turn this off. But maybe some of them are going to listen all the way through. We'll see. You'd be, you know what I find interesting, though, John, is the number of people that agree with your point of view is larger than, than, than you might even think, realize. It's a, huge, it's a huge segment of the secular AA community agrees with your point of view. Um, and I don't understand where there's a disconnect sometimes with, um, <laughs> with that. I mean, I, I mean that the, the disconnect I guess is, is with, with what you're saying and I guess how it's being received. And I don't understand that. Well, you know, it, I try to mean what I say and say what I mean. I try to be clear. There was some poor fellow. I know what it is, John. People feel that it's, people think that it's like you're attacking someone. You know what I'm saying? I I don't think I've ever used anybody's name. No, 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 not, no, no, not, not an individual, but they, they, I I think that this is what I'm just don't understand. People agree with everything that you're saying, but for some reason they, they, they think it's like, um, well, what are you trying to do? Why don't you just leave? Why don't you, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm trying to help another, I'm trying to help another alcoholic, okay? I'm going to have 35 years in January if I don't drink and I don't drop dead, right? I, I know you're not supposed to say it, but I sincerely think that something other than alcohol is going to get me in the end, right? I'm not particularly... I'm all, I'm concerned in the sense because I've heard of people with my longevity doing crazy things and actually met one or two that actually did it with 30 plus years. That's a real experience. You ever meet somebody like that? That, just, that really blows your mind. That's happened to me once or twice. So why do you think people, why do you think people have that view? Why do you think that people think that just. Well, because I mean what I say and I say what I mean, and I'm not at all bashful about being definitive about it. In our culture, there is an inherent uh, uh, 
people who are too direct make some other people that's nervous. it that's it that's it you've got it and i am and you're not going to change you know that but you're not going to change direct. that well i don't give a shit <laughs> i don't care yeah but you're right that's it you're direct you're direct i'm not running for office i'm not i don't want anybody to vote for me all right i'm not going to tell you something i think you want to hear I'm going to tell you what I hear that's worked for me. And I get enough people coming out of the blue who tell me that I'm doing that, that and then that it works for them so that it's okay for me. And if somebody doesn't like the way I speak or what I say or the way I say it, turn me the fuck off. Just like I turn you off. No problem. No, you know, nothing wrong with that. I just find it interesting that, you know, I agree with you on most everything uh, that you have to say um, as far as your own personal experience and how you view your recovery. I relate to all of that. Um, I I might differ with, um, I don't really care. I guess you don't even care about the spirituality thing. I, don't, I just don't understand the value sometimes and, and even bothering with it other than. Well, we, we only bother with it because we hear about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and the the way in the the terms in which things are couched can be problematic. If if you're implying that the twelve steps are essential for a sober way of life, in my mind, you're directly saying that a spiritual way of life is also important or necessary. Now, it may be important or necessary for some. I'm sure it is. But it certainly isn't important or necessary for me. Let's look. I, w- I don't have diagrams or graphs to put up here. But let's sort of conceptualize the graphs with the word spirituality in the center of the page. All right? And there's a, there's a line drawn across the graph with two arrows. And there's uh, the word, the words less free on the left-hand side and less freedom on the left-hand side and more freedom on the right-hand side. I sincerely believe that the less you regard that word in the center, the more personal freedom you are going to have. And that the more you give that word in the center, credence or currency, the less freedom you're going to have. And I'm always, I'm not a libertarian, all right? I believe in things like government and stuff like that. But I believe in the complete freedom of thought and action as long as you are not impinging upon the rights of others. Whatever, whatever form that freedom takes. I'm for it, right? Uh, but as soon as you start threatening or, you know, denigrating others for whatever reason, you've got a whole other thing. Oh my God, I haven't seen that beast here before. <laughs> there we go. We've got that. We've got that beautiful son. What a gorgeous kitty. Um, my my younger daughter would go crazy for that cat. Uh, but the 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 idea is is that 
you know, I came here for freedom. I didn't come here for bondage. I didn't come here for another set of ideas. I came here to find whatever mine were. What are my ideas? Whether others like those ideas or others find those ideas valuable is immaterial as long as what I'm doing is reinforcing a positive trajectory for me, okay? I don't want you on my path in the, in the sense that, you know, it's always nice to have people agree with you and to tell you what you say are valuable. But as I said, I'm not running for office and, you know, I don't have acolytes and I'm not looking to start a secular ashram somewhere <laughs> or secta or cult or anything. I just want, I want some personal and intellectual freedom so that I can pursue the things that I'm capable of wanting and capable of doing the, the good things, whatever I consider those to be. So this whole business about the land of dreams, there are artists who I admire who believe in all of that stuff. So I'm not saying it's impossible for you to be a, a free-spirited artist or free-ranging human being uh, having those sets of ideas and principles. There are plenty of them out there that do that. But for me, in order to realize my potential, being able to do what I think I can do in the few remaining years I have left, I, I am coming down on the side of more freedom. And when I go back to that chart that's in the air here now, that spirituality chart, where on one side, belief in that stuff is less and disbelief in it is more, I know which side I'm coming down on. And it's up to anybody that encounters that term to make whatever sense out of that they want or don't want to make. Now, let me go back again. The people that are watching this, that say they have some kind of spiritual life. You know, I don't get it. You know, I don't understand it. I, you know, I, I personally don't practice anything like that. But if, if you say that that sort of thing is enhancing your life, I'm sure that it is. I'm not disputing that. But if you have doubts about that, if you left some place to come to a place where there was less of that and people are propounding that, that's where I'm. There you go. There, there. I'm with you on that. Yes, absolutely. If, if, if someone has doubts about it and they think that, oh boy, I'm hearing that I need to be spiritual, but I don't really believe that you don't have to worry about it. Just don't, don't even buy into it. You don't have to buy into that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, personal power and personal responsibility are where it's at, okay? Now, my personal power ends where I end. I'm not proposing any sort of super ego that's going to transfer whatever personal power I have within me to anyone else because people confuse atheism with egotism often. OK, they say, oh, you have no humility. You have no uh, humble, uh, you know, 
agreement with the predominant view that there are other things in the universe bigger and stronger than you are. Well, there are certainly other things in the universe, and they're certainly physically stronger than me. But the only person that's allowed to define who and what I am is me, not you. All right? You go to any church or any synagogue or any evangelical temple, and there's going to be somebody in there defining you for you. You go to most of these recovery meetings as a newcomer, and you're going to have people, you're going to find people in there who want to define, define you and limit you and make their life view yours. I have no interest in converting anyone to my life view. I'm interested in hanging out with people who have their own view of life and are using their personal power to enhance their ability to be free agents in this world and do interesting and compelling things, whatever those interesting and compelling things happen to be. Why would I be sober if I wasn't going to do something like that? Why, was, why, why would I want to be, why would I even be on the planet if I didn't want to do something that enhanced my ability to be present here? Right. Are you really present if you believe in those fuzzy constructs and terms? Yeah. Where I, are you? Yeah. I don't have, I per, I personally don't have use for, for those things. Uh, well, but you know, there's a lot of people that imply, uh, which as I think we went over earlier that, you know, if you don't sign up to that stuff, you're not really a human being. Like the guy in the meeting that said, oh, these atheists are so important to us because they prove that you can be an atheist and have a spiritual program yeah. simultaneously. Yeah. I loved it. He did me a he did me a great favor. As did that guy that got up at the conference that time and started yelling and screaming at one of my friends about how he was going to strip art and literature and beauty. Oh yeah, he said he said we atheists were going to strip beauty from the world. Yeah. One of my favorite poets uh Shelley who drowned at a hideously early age, age 32, wrote some of the most gorgeous language ever in the English language, some of the most transcendently beautiful language. And he was a diehard, dyed-in-the-wool atheist, not a spiritualist at all. And he's viewed as one of the three major romantic poets in the English language to this day diehard atheist. So don't tell me about artists who, you know, don't have a view of beauty or a view of uh, transcendence even, of, of transcending and transcendence in the sense of taking what you see and making it larger or more universally understandable or more communicable. Right. That's not, that's, 
that's using your human powers in a rational, responsible kind of way. And these people in this program, and I'm going, oh boy, they're going to get after me now. He said, these people, this program, some people in these programs, I should say, want you to communicate in a uniform way under the banner of unity of message and purpose. Now, primary purpose is a good thing. And what is our primary purpose? It's to stay sober, help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. That's a brilliant locution that came out of that world. And I'm 100% on board with that. But my primary purpose is not to agree with you. Right. No. That's not my primary purpose. No, I no, I totally agree. And, you know, honestly, um, the, the way that uh, I understand the current research um, is that there, there shouldn't be um, one w- way of thought of recovery that um, it's such an individual personal thing that people have to find their own way and use their own language to describe it. And, set their own goals and that's what works. If you ask someone to conform to someone else's view of what their life should be, um, it's not going to work. And, uh, that, that's a weakness when you have, um, something like AA that's been around for a long time that has a book that they're not going to change because it, it seems to foster this idea that you have to conform to these ideas in this book. And that's well, really problematic. I mean, yeah, rarely have we seen a person fail yeah, who thoroughly followed really you know, on and on, on yeah. and on. And they and it's implied by many that there is a path. Yeah, and 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 then people try to try to use spirituality as a way of letting of making people feel comfortable that hey, don't worry about it. It's not it's not as bad as it seems. It's just spiritual. But it's totally unnecessary, and I just, I just wish that, you know, just for the good of everybody in recovery, that you could just get rid of all the baggage, and just get down to the essence of what your recovery really is. In many ways, in many times, when you listen to the sharing at a secular meeting, that happened. We don't hear a lot of the baggage, a lot of the. Oh, that's a hundred times better than a regular meeting. Oh, much so. I mean, when I went to this conventional meeting, I was shocked. I was saying, I'm really hearing this stuff over and over and over again, framing your entire life in this fanciful language that is just a, a repetition of what some guy wrote down in a kitchen somewhere in 1939. It's like, it's, it's just, it's it's nuts that people think that you have to subscribe to that. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that's I think that's the biggest problem. Uh, I mean, I'm so I'm so turned off by it that it's not even funny. Uh, I have no use for that book. I, it's not like I'm against books, um, uh, but but when books are used to propel some sort of an idea, um and that that you must follow then then it becomes a problem but um yeah well everybody that writes something down is sort of it could be said even myself i've written some stuff down 
and said, well, I went here and I did this and I did that. I, I try never to say, well, you need to go here, do this and do that. I just sort of say, well, I went here and did this and did that. And it, it worked for me. And if it has any resonance for you, it might have some relevance or it might not. But let's please, please, please try to get, and, you know, I'm almost pleading with people. The fuzzy thinking, in my view, as an individual, not speaking for anybody else, this fuzzy thinking has no place in a group of people who purport to be Remember what I said about, you know, fact and fiction? All right? If you are along the spiritual continuum on the fiction side, you're going to have a trouble with facts. And the greatest, one of the greatest things about uh, going to secular meetings or secular conferences or having secular recovery associations is you meet people who like to talk about facts who like to talk about what works or who need to talk about what's working or not working for them today, which is the content of many meetings, not just secular meetings. But I think our focus, at least my experience has been, is that the focus of secular meetings themselves tend to be infinitely more positive than negative from that point of view. Sure, sure. Yeah. And whenever that stuff creeps into a secular meeting, it tends to get contradicted fairly quickly. That's also been something that I've noticed. But there are prominent voices in our community who have books, who have podcasts, who have, you know, articulate larger voices who, to my ear, are promoting that sort of thing. And my, one of my functions, people say, well, why the hell don't you go somewhere else? Well, in some ways, it might be more comfortable. I've got a lot of other work I could be doing <laughs> other than this. But I feel I have a responsibility to be around there for the next, you know, outspoken person like myself who might, might not feel at home to counterbalance some of this crap that, you know, I hear about unity, uniformity, triangles and symbols and all of this other stuff. I mean, no, where you. are we? No. Well, I think, I th I'm glad that you, you answered that question about why not go off and do my own thing. Um, I, you know, the more I talk to you, the more I listen to you, the more I really understand what you're doing and where you're coming from. I'm, I get it. Um, yeah, you know, everybody is free to say whatever they want to, but I think that we do owe it, you know, if our primary purpose is to stay sober and help others to achieve sobriety, then we do owe it to the person who is not familiar with all of this BS, the, this, this culture, to try to keep it as simple as possible. And the more secular you are in your language, the more simple you are and the message that you're delivering because people don't have to stop and ask themselves, what the hell does that mean? You know? So, um, and, and, and that's, and, and if you talk about this openly, like you are, it plants a seed in other people's minds, you know, let's, it, it gets people to think. The, the phrase spiritual, not religious is a trap and don't believe the hype. 
that would be probably my final word on this topic for this. I think we've hit the, I love your counter on the screen. Here. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's wonderful. It keeps yeah. us on task. But I think maybe we've just at least begun to open up the discussion yeah, uh, in this regard, I look forward to the comments that come from this. Um, you should check out some of the comments and some of the other videos that we've posted. The people people are, appreciate what you have to say, John. So yeah, I saw some comments that weren't that disappeared recently. Oh, really? On on the yeah. YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, I saw some that were up for a while and then uh, poofed. I have to check that out. See what happened. How they poofed, but they weren't my comments, so I didn't care. But yeah, the the uh, the 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 reactions to saying what you mean and meaning what you say in our culture can be, uh, America is not a place where a lot of people look at the screen and say exactly what they think without any regard for the consequences. Well, the ones that do that mostly are crazy, but I'm talking about there aren't many sane people who look at the screen and pretty much say what they mean and mean what they say. And that's a, you know, call it a failing, but that's where I'm, that's where I'm coming from. Um, uh, I wish I could be sweeter. Well, but there you go. You do what you can. And again, hopefully we did do something here that has some meaning somewhere down the line. I think so. It's always, it's always good for me anyway to, uh, think about these things. That's another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support our podcast with recurring monthly contributions, head on over to patreon.com slash beyondbeliefsobriety or become a member of our YouTube channel. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, then visit our website beyondbeliefsobriety.com and click on the donate button. I do appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety.